Welcome back to another episode of Drivers. First Call's look at consumer trends and the personalities shaping all facets of the golf business. I'm David Klein, along with Sports and Leisure Research Group President John Last. Our research continues to show how the proliferation of technology within golf has been a key driver to its recent growth and participation and popularity. You know, John, it seems like golf is becoming a lot like the market research business in terms of technology really guiding the future and growth of the industry. And I know you've spoken to a number of critical success factors in deploying the technology within golf. What's your take? That's right, David. You know, one of the things that we've been really intrigued with in recent years is just how golf facilities and golf course operators are trying to balance, you know, this real need to move into a high-tech world and elevating the golfer experience through technology while still maintaining a high-touch approach that has always been the hallmark of, of golf facility operations. And, and, you know, one of the things that we've seen, of course, in a lot of our work is, you know, a lot of the apps that are out there today have really worked hard to get their arms around creating user-friendly interfaces and navigation and really providing a relationship and engagement with the game that certainly needs to, 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 to connect with golfers for it to be really effective. So today I'm happy to announce that uh, we're going to speak with somebody who I've always respected, a real pioneer and innovator in golf technology who's built a business around these very principles. Uh, happy to welcome Mike Zisman, the co-CEO of Golf Genius. Many of you out there may be very familiar with Golf Genius software if you've played in a golf tournament uh, in any time recently. And, and Mike, you were one of the first ones to really, I think, kind of get it. Um, I'd love for you to start by telling our listeners a little bit about the origins of Golf Genius and, and just to remind them the primary space that you play in. Yeah, John, first of all, thanks for having me. Good to see you. Good to see you again. Um you know, like most entrepreneurs, I started out solving the problem I was living. And I was living the problem of the guy always organizing the buddy golf trip. In fact, I just came back from a buddy golf trip. A bunch of guys were down at Streamsong uh, uh, earlier this week and, uh, you know, used our software, obviously, and it was it was great. But, you know, I was always confronted with as the guy who, uh, you know, at the end of the round, you know, Someone come to me and say, you know, you had me paired with John last three times. And, you know, I don't like John. And uh, I never played with Harry. And I didn't know what time dinner was, blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> and so I started out to solve that problem and built uh, a product for Buddy Golf Strip, still very, very widely used. Um, key part of our, our product suite. But it turned out to be a very small market. Uh, and moved from there to serving golf leagues, consumer golf leagues, you know, which was instead of... Uh, uh, eight guys playing five rounds of golf. It was, you know, 60 guys playing, you know, 25 rounds of golf. And then from there into clubs uh, in 2014, where we really started, uh, you know, I think really making some penetration serving, uh, you know, software for private clubs, public courses and resorts. Excellent. But all focused, all focused on tournament management at that and time. And, and one of the things, you know, as I, as I see the proliferation of Golf Genius, particularly when it comes to all types of tournament management, is you kind of cracked a code that so many apps have never been able to crack. And, and that is 
scaling the business, driving long-term consumer engagement. It's just been a very impressive component how you've addressed that challenge. And, you know, funny, even before we actually had met, you know, we heard so many good things in a lot of our depth interviews with golfers and, and golf administrators. Tell us a little bit about that diffusion strategy, where it's taken the company and, and what it may hold for the future. Yeah, so it's, it's you know, in any business, and you know, I come from a, a, a long history in IT. So I've been in the, I was in enterprise software business for many, many years uh, before starting Golf Genius. So I come at it from a classic IT perspective. And as in any business, it's all about distribution. You know, how can you develop a distribution channel to get your product in the hands of, of enough uh, users to have a profitable business. And in our case, um, you know, we were able to, to enter into a relationship with the USGA. The USGA for a long time had their own product in this space called TPP. It's a desktop product. And, and they were considering and had invested some money in a rebuild of that product. Uh, to a cloud-based system, and and I approached them and said, "Hey, I, you know, I've already I've been spending a lot of time building this. Why don't we work together?" And uh, I think they um, they pondered what I think is the essential decision in any enterprise, which is what do you insource and what do you outsource, and chose to outsource uh, the tournament management function to us. And in fact, even said, "You know, we don't." in this in the business term most national federations don't provide tournament management we have for historical reason and so when we did the original agreement we said well let's let's assume five years from now you might not want to do that and we'll transition the relationship from the usga to the agas the allied golf associations in that case you know we we work with the usga to provide a basic product that they could deliver to the agas to deliver to all their clubs. And that gave us very, very deep penetration for a product that was provided at no additional cost to a club if they were using the gin handicapping system. And then we had a premium product that we would uh, offer to upgrade those customers and that created a real revenue stream for us. So, you know, we were able to scale Today, we're in over 10,000 facilities with our tournament management product. And, and not only in the U.S. with the USGA, but we're, you know, deeply penetrated in Canada, in the U.K., in the Middle East, in Australia. Um, very actively working on Japan right now. Our, our VP of International just spent a week in Japan. Um, but it's all about distribution, just like any other business. It's about having channels of distribution to get your product out there. Because if you have to do it on your own one by one, it's really, really hard. Yeah, absolutely. You know, John mentioned a couple of critical success factors that golf-related apps really need to focus on to be successful. And certainly with all the players in the space, you know, we've done a fair amount of research to really understand what the consumer wants and how to get there. Do you feel like it's going to be something where we're going to ask the consumer specifically what they want is it something like we're looking at the game holistically and trying to fit products and, and benefits to that? Or is it more like the spaghetti method where we're just going to throw it up against the wall and see if it sticks? What are your kind of philosophies for meeting the needs of the consumer head on? Yeah. So I think, and and uh, don't take offense uh, because you're in the market research business, I think market research does a very, very good job 
of finding out what incremental improvements a user wants from an existing product. But but um, consumers do not not do a good job of conceiving the next big thing. You know, I grew up in the generation where we all watched Star Trek. It's an example like, and in Star Trek, you got on a Star Trek transporter and you hit a button and you transported yourself across the globe in seconds. No one has ever told me what they need is a transporter, a Star Trek transporter. It's never been a requirement. <clears throat> when we, I mean, no one, no one ever asked for Facebook, right? Right. No one ever asked for Facebook. No one ever asked for spreadsheet. That's the spreadsheet. And I spent time at Lotus was in my mind, one of the few, few real inventions in the software industry it was a radically different way of doing things. Uh, you know, and it was a, Literally, a fellow at the Harvard Business School and the professor's explaining how to calculate this huge spreadsheet using an HP calculator. And he's got to be kidding me. <laughs> and he went back to his dorm room and two weeks later, there was VisiCal. So I think of course we he went all... to the same high school I went to. So, uh, you know, that's, that's right. I know both of those guys really well because they all, <laughs> they all ended up at Lotus. Um, it's a great it's, a, it's so it's a great history um, that that you uh, it. You got to get, you know, as you call it, to throw the spaghetti against the wall. I wouldn't quite put it that way, but you, you have to try things, right? You have to have inexpensive experiments to get it out there to see what people want, and then be prepared to 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 innovate very very quickly, right? I mean, I call it crawl walk run. Uh, today we all talk about MVP, a minimally viable product. So you got to get something out there that has enough features that someone says, "Okay, I'll give it a try." Right, I'll give it a try. Inevitably, they're going to say, "Well, wait a minute, it doesn't do A, B, and C," and you have to have uh, the resources to then move. I think the problem a lot of companies get into is they get something out there, and they don't have the resource to then stick with it. Uh, it takes a long time. It it takes a long time and a lot of energy and a lot of persistence to just keep you know banging away at it until you have something that really fits the consumer need. So we're we're running we're running near the end of our timing, Mike. But before we kind of wrap up, I, I'd love to get your perspective, your thirty five thousand foot perspective on where the next great frontiers for golf experience technology go. Obviously, not sharing anything yeah. proprietary, no. but uh, what's what's out there? What's next? Well, I'll just you know at, when I was at the PGA show. Uh, where, where you and I were talking for a while, we spent some time with uh, Chip Brewer at Callaway. He made an interesting comment. He says, you know, the one theme on the floor out there seems to be coaching. Um, and I think it is the next great frontier. Uh, and it's a, it's a virtuous circle because people who play better golf play more golf. And people who have golf lessons play better golf. Um, and uh, And the industry ecosystem thrives. And there's just an amazing amount of technology available today to help in, in what we'll call game improvement. You know, using modern technology to actually see what your swing looks like. You know, we've had launch monitors for some time. TrackMan, um, you know, it's kind of at the top of that stack. It's done extremely well. Foresight. All, you know, you can buy a launch monitor from $24,000 down to $400 and they meet different needs. People like Sportsbox AI with biometrics, other people doing biometrics, um, you know, virtual reality uh, where you literally can you know, be in your living room practicing your golf swing. So I think a lot of technology is being brought to bear um, in, in what I call, let's, let's just call it game improvement. Um, 
Uh, and there's that side of it, right? So there's the game improvement side of it. And then there's the, you know, let's have fun on the golf course side of it. So, you know, you've got a number of companies that have been working for some time in, you know, what I'll call your your consumer app on the golf course. I call it GPS Plus, right? It starts out with a, a free GPS app to keep track of where you're on the golf course. And then, you know, upgrade into, you know, stats and performance and things like that. And that's going to continue to evolve, you know, in my opinion, if you look across all the companies and what I call the GPS plus space, of which there's about a half dozen, um, you know, Golf Logics, uh, Swing You, Hole 19, uh, on in, in, in out of Portugal, Golf Game Book. Um, in aggregate, they have, in my opinion, a bit over a million paid subscribers. That's not a lot. No, nope. not a lot. It's a start. Yeah, no doubt. There's, and, there's and still a lot of room to grow. Yeah. Excellent. Definitely in, in sync with a lot of what we've been been exploring and seeing as well. Um, Mike, thank you so much for being here. Um, it, it's, it's a shame that we keep these condensed, though. That's what our customer wants, because right. I know we could talk for hours about this stuff. It's fascinating and it's great to have you on. I appreciate it. And uh, thank you all for listening. We will look forward to the next episode of Drivers, where, again, as we look at some new innovative ways that things are evolving, we're going to actually have a guest that's going to talk about uh, some actual ways that the finance world is meeting golf fans head on with a, a pretty cool concept that I heard first about at the show and looking forward to sharing with all of you in a couple of weeks. Thanks. Thank again. you, John. Good to see you. Likewise. Likewise.